Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 175 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. In this week's podcast, the return from the borage continues and I'm confronted with bees that really don't want to stay in their new homes. Beekeeping Short and Sweet a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm delighted to say that our podcast is now sponsored in part by Simon the Beekeeper. Making beekeeping an affordable hobby for everyone, Simon the Beekeeper provides the best value beekeeping equipment possible, along with a super fast delivery service. The bees won't wait, so their customers don't have to either. Visit the website at www simonthebeekeeper.co.uk The weeks just roll by. Welcome then once more to my weekly podcast and we're straight into the detail of the week this week as there's lots to chat about. First up, the weather. I was discussing with Steph the incredible good fortune we've had this summer with the timing of our inspections and the lack of any bad weather while we carried out our inspections. In fact, the only rain we've really seen was the very first time we were dropping off colonies and a little light rain when we were taking off some supers at the pumpkin patch. Other than that, we've enjoyed some excellent warm sunny days, not too hot for the most part and pretty much ideal inspecting conditions. As things stand, we're looking at more calm weather for the next week or two and that will mean we're bringing the final batch of hives back home with more dry conditions. I couldn't have planned it any better, really. The truck and trailer combo has worked really well this year. The last move had a total of around 40 colonies stacked up, and now we're coming to the end of our migratory beekeeping journey for this year. I'm finally getting more comfortable with towing our hives around. For me, it's a nerve-wracking experience for the most part, I still can't get totally comfortable and relaxed with so many hives stacked up and with the trailer attached. It all feels just a little weird to drive, to be honest. With just one more move to make after this weekend, we'll be away from the borage for the final time and back in our home apiaries. The loading and unloading process has been refined several times and I can say with some certainty that using two straps for each hive saves a world of pain and stress. Two straps simply holds the hive more securely than one strap and any shifting around in the back of the truck or the trailer means the entire hive moves and not just the brood box away from the floor. There's nothing much worse than getting to an apiary after dark and after a long drive only to find that a hive full of bees has shifted and opened up a gap between the brood box and the floor, allowing the bees to flood out as soon as you stop. It just makes for an uncomfortable job unloading them all. This last time of moving the bees, we actually used a cargo net draped across the entire load on the trailer, and then strapped them down. The purpose of this being to prevent anything from shifting so much that it loosened the load to the point of hives being able to physically shift around. It felt a little bit like we were using a belt on top of the previous belt and braces approach and may well have been a little bit too much, but it all worked out safely in the end. <laughs>
I still prefer using strips of foam to block the entrances. We now have a range of different widths to suit the wide range of entrance blocks that we've accumulated over the years and it's a simple job of pushing the foam in place using the flat blade of the hive tool. I finally managed to find time to buy some clip-top plastic storage boxes too, simply to sort the various straps into. It's the simple things in life that often give the greatest pleasure, like new socks worn for the first time perhaps. I digress again, but having all the travelling straps in one box and all the hive straps in another box, neatly wound, stored for easy access for the next time, makes life just that little less stressy when it comes to a late night and you're keen to get the last few hives strapped up over to the truck and away. Here in the UK they're called really useful boxes and come in a range of sizes and are well really useful. It does look like I need about 20 or 30 of these boxes for all the various bits and pieces, straps, foam, queen rearing kit, spare inspection bits, beeswax, wraps, materials, the list is endless. Anyway, back to the moving of bees, we had a mix of nukes and full-size hives, all heading to the fishing lakes. The plan to settle them in here and then finish off treating and feeding for the winter. I had previously been over and set out all the stands and pallets for everything, so on arrival, late at night, everything went like clockwork. It helps if everybody knows their jobs and what the plan is, late at night most of us really just want to get the job done and find our beds. All the bees were sorted and at this point I had 68 boxes of bees in one large apiary but things were going to get a little complicated fairly quickly. Hold that thought and we'll come back to that in a moment. In the past week we've had settled weather conditions although it's been a little cooler and much more cloudier than in the previous weeks, a sign that maybe summer is drifting away a little faster than I would have hoped, and autumn will soon be upon us. In fact, next week we'll see the beginning of September, and the bees will need all the attention we can give them to prepare thoroughly for the journey into the winter months, and hopefully out into spring next year. It's been the last session of splitting colonies into nukes to overwinter, and one of the main colonies to be split was one of the double brood colonies at the borage field. We were able to split them into a total of 10 nukes, a frame of brood and a frame of food for the most part. There's a video of the process coming soon to Patreon. Unfortunately, my video editor, also known as my teenage nephew, has decided he deserves a holiday in Spain with his friends and the internet connection has, it seems, a somewhat medieval feel to it, to say the least. Anyway, the video of the split is coming soon. Nothing particularly tricky, especially as we have them moved via a two-hour journey back to the fishing lake's apiary. So here's what happened that caused such a flap, and I'm still a little mystified as to exactly why it happened. I have a pretty good idea, and I'll come to my theory in due course. Firstly, I've carried out splits like this on many, many occasions, and this is the first time I've encountered this particular challenge. As I explained in last week's podcast, the double brood was split into 10 nuke boxes, leaving the queen either in the main hive or in one of the nuke boxes. We couldn't find her, so no big deal, really. The nuke boxes were all closed entrances. 
they're all being moved immediately anyway, so there was no need to leave any entrances open. And the bees on the frames were enough to cover the brood and have plenty to spare, so each one would be queenless, except the one box that we had the queen in. And I had a box of queens being ready to install after a few days of them being queenless. We actually did this on Wednesday of this week. I also took the opportunity to split a couple of fairly strong single brood colonies into five nukes. So we had a total of 20 nukes newly created and ready to have new queens introduced. The whole process was performed on Friday of last week and I returned to the apiary on Saturday to make sure all of the bees were settling in and I hadn't inadvertently forgotten to remove any entrance foam or allow a swivel disc entrance to pivot back and close off any of the nukes. To my astonishment, when I arrived and kitted up in my bee suit and got the smoker lit, I spotted a single nuke box with what I can only describe as a massive swarm clinging to the front and the base of it. It was really quite perplexing. The nuke box contained a laying queen, but there was no way that that box had that many bees inside to warrant a swarm of these proportions. In fact, I had inspected this nuke during the week previously and found them to be in pretty good shape to go through the remainder of the year and there certainly weren't any signs of swarming intentions. So ruling out the likelihood that they were attempting to swarm, the only conclusion was that the bees didn't, in fact, belong to this nucleus colony of bees at all. So where had they come from? Well, it didn't take long for the penny to drop and I'm sure given the previous content of this podcast, you've already guessed. With a sinking feeling, and I'm sure you know the one I mean, often felt when your star-performing colony is being inspected and you get the feeling that there are not so many bees in it, you've not seen any eggs, and finally, oh no, sealed queen cells. That kind of feeling is what I was experiencing. I walked around the apiary, eyeing up the nukes that I'd brought back the day before. There were certainly bees flying in and out of those nukes, but hang on a second far more flying in and out of some than others. Smoker in hand, I started to lift the roofs off the nukes and sure enough, one after another, I found empty boxes. I say empty boxes, but actually these boxes were in the process of being robbed of all their stores. So the boxes were full of bees, just not the right ones. For any beginners listening, it's easy to tell if you have a hive that's being robbed by bees from other colonies. As soon as you lift the roof and crime board and give them a little smoke, the air is filled with flying bees. These are the robbing bees taking to the wing. Whereas in a normal colony, a little smoke will see only a few bees fly up, with the rest of them preferring to cling to the comb. Anyway, box after empty box, the same result. 20 boxes later, and it was fairly obvious what had happened. And there's a really interesting comparison to be drawn between the splits. Of the 20 nuke boxes I'd filled with bees, 10 were pretty much empty, and it appears those 10 were all from that double brood box I'd split. The other hives I'd split into five nukes apiece had settled well and were going about their business producing queen cells, which were subsequently knocked down, but the bees from the large double brood had all flown out of their nuke boxes and clustered around and on and under a single nuke box that had absolutely nothing to do with them. 
Now, if they had somehow found their own queen in a nuke box and clustered around that one, I could understand exactly what had happened, but the simple fact is they hadn't. The nuke they settled on was not their queen. I moved the nuke and shook the bees into another hive with a frame or two of eggs and brood, hoping that they would settle down. But they flew out and after a short period of time settled back on the nuke box that they thought was their own. I moved it again, this time about 10 metres away, and later in the afternoon I went back to find that yes, they had discovered the nuke again and had all settled back on it, and they were completely covering it. They just won't all fit inside. At this point, I gave up trying to coerce them into doing something that I wanted them to do, and moved the nuke into a full-size hive, shook the bees in on top of the nucleus colony, and walked away scratching my head in puzzlement. I went back the following day and all the bees were nicely settled in their new home. The queen was wandering around laying eggs and all appears to be back to normal, except it's not their queen. So what's actually happened here? I've obviously cocked it up somewhere and what I've done, and after a few hours of sitting with a coffee and a large slice of cake, I think is I've settled on the following timeline of events. We split the bees on the Friday afternoon and moved them back to the fishing lake's apiary about five hours after the split. It was evening, but still light. I opened the entrances to the nukes that evening and allowed the bees to fly out to orientate to their new location. What I think has happened is the bees have indeed flown out to orientate, but the large double brood split has become confused by the large amount of colony pheromone that they've detected in the air, and some have obviously clustered together rather than return to their new nucleus home. This has just increased the attraction of that cluster for the other bees, and more and more bees from that double brood hive have joined in the cluster until eventually pretty much all of the bees have settled together on this new nucleus colony. Basically, I think I opened the nukes too soon. I should have probably given them an overnight period, shut in the nukes before opening them up the following morning. That may have prevented the situation ever arising. The single brood colonies I split all worked out fine. They'd settled into their new nuke boxes without any trouble at all. So after all of the hard work of getting the double brood colony to build up lots of frames of brood and food, it's all pretty much been destroyed. The brood has died because it has no bees to look after it, and the frames of food have been quickly robbed out. The plan then is to amalgamate all of the drawn comb into brood boxes once more and add this to the strongest national colonies so they can overwinter on double brood so it won't go to waste. The nuke that has inherited the bees from the original colony is now so much stronger that they will overwinter on a double brood and we'll split them in the spring, so all's not lost. You live and learn, as they say. I've not had this happen to me before, so we'll store that experience in the memory banks, remember it for next time, and just move on. Isn't beekeeping just great? I like to think that my podcast is just great too, so why not subscribe? A podcast subscription will get you the very latest tips and techniques from me each week as they're released. 
head over to my Patreon page and sign up to my Podcast Plus tier for the very latest beekeeping chat. Well, that's it for this week. I'll catch up with you all again next week. But for now, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was Beekeeping Short and Sweet.